the QMC Board and Collar Series for EMS Professionals welcomes you to Excuse My Medic, the podcast version of an MCI with Gary Harvat, Chuck Humphrey, and Ed Marasco. Excuse My Medic takes a unique look at today's emergency medical service with news and information, opinionated discussions, lively talk, sporadic jabs, and even a few belly laughs from our world of emergency medical services. Excuse My Medic is brought to you by Quick Med Claims, a national leader in emergency medical service revenue cycle management and reimbursement consulting. Now, hang on to the bench seat and tighten your lap belt as these old guys from EMS Past take you on a Code 3 ride without touching the brakes. You've had the disclaimer, and if you're still brave enough to stick it out, let's get started. Take it away, guys. Well, good day, everyone. Welcome to Excuse My Medic, the EMS game show where there's more penalties than prizes, more offbeat stories than fact. But hey, we hope today's a great session for you and we hope to have a bunch of fun along the way. So welcome, everyone. I've got my normal colleagues here. And actually, believe it or not, guys, we've got a guest today. Who would want to be a guest? Who would really want to be a guest on our show? It just amazes me that somebody would want to give up their, their precious time to come and visit with us. It's the but, end of her career. Yeah. Right, yeah, it's a sure sign of poor judgment. <laughs> yeah, but welcome, Libby. You're going to sit here and, and watch the, the three of us uh, have a little fun and hopefully learn a few things along the way, so we're glad to have you. Ed, how have you been? I am outstanding. I was just uh, I was just relaying that I've eaten a bunch of seafood this week uh, out on the beach, and uh, it's it's fantastic. Nice. Well, great. Good for you. Glad to have you. I hope the weather's nice, and I hope you don't get hit with that hurricane that's coming up through through here. Um, although you're on the coast, so you should be should be good. Although they're saying here in Pittsburgh on Saturday, uh, we're going to get buckets and buckets of water dumped on us. So, oh wow, going to be uh, going to be a little bit tough around here. Uh, now there used to be a guy who we referred to as Chuck that was with us. Now we have this little skinny, scrawny guy joining us here. <laughs> Chuck, is that you? Is that really you? It is really me. How yeah. much have you dropped, Chuck? I have dropped fifty pounds in four months. Oh wow! Goodness, wonderful. Yes. Chuck, you are going to look good in that tux for that little daughter of yours yes, as well. I am. Yes, indeed. <laughs> good, good for you. So, and how have you done it, Chuck? Tell us how you done it. Well, I have uh, really just done a lot of change in my life. So eating habits have become a new norm. No sugary drinks. Breads are pretty much a rarity. And um, I count calories. And I am walking anywhere between 5 to 10 miles a day, depending on time. And spend a little time on the elliptical bike in between. So as long as I burn more calories than I take in, it's been a win for me. And I will tell you, my doctor's doing somersaults over the wow. results. So really, really good stuff. Yeah. Good that is good kidding stuff. aside, good for you. Congratulations. Thank and you. and I would be remiss if we didn't just ask our guest, how, how have you been doing, Libby? Like, welcome to QMC. Uh, Libby drew the short straw. She reports to me. Um, so, you know, we all have our cross to bear. That's Libby's, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> But Lib, welcome to QMC. We're glad to have you, and thanks for joining on us on uh, this episode of EM2. Thanks, guys. Great. We're glad to have you. So, uh, uh, digressing a little bit from the banter, let's get started here. Um, you know, there's we're still in the middle of this COVID pandemic, and 
goodness gracious, I hope at some point we start to see a little bit of sunshine coming up over the, the horizon here, but it just seems like does not want to go away. And uh, thankfully, there's still some funding out there for us and some new available funding. And um, I've asked uh, my colleague Chuck to kind of recap and tell us what's new in the world of funding. And then afterwards, let's have a little bit of fun and games because goodness knows uh, with the way this world is, we all need to laugh more. Wouldn't you all agree? You bet. Absolutely. Great. Chuck? Yep. Well, you know what? Uh, we've got a hot off the presses, actually. Um, just yesterday, um, the Department of Health and Human Services announced yet another extension of the um, uh, application for the Round 2 CARES Act stimulus money. So this is really about the fourth extension that came around. Uh, the new deadline now is set for Sunday, September 13th. Um, and uh, this really goes back to May. So if you remember, round one appeared uh, April 10th through 17th, surprised all of us and took us by uh, uh, storm. And everybody started seeing these mysterious dollar amounts show up in their bank accounts. And uh, our phones started ringing. And uh, turns out that uh, the first 30 million, uh, or, excuse me, 30 billion of 50 billion was released to the healthcare community. Um, by HHS. And uh, so uh, the idea was in about 45 days or so to attest, you go online, uh, you say, yep, I'm accepting the money or I'm returning the money, most accepted. And um, once you attest, then you were eligible for round two. Um, and uh, then they extended that out to June 3rd from the original deadline. And then June 3rd came and that was supposedly supposed to be it. Uh, but Health and Human Services heard from the provider community that there were, for some people, delays in obtaining the correct financial information um, that had people tied up, uh, either due to the fact that they were so busy responding to the pandemic, or um, they just could not put their hands on the financial information that was necessary. And uh, there were also some original rules around round two that excluded some healthcare uh, providers and suppliers. So um, the government announced in late July that they were gonna open second round applications up once again. So beginning August 10th and reportedly through August 28th, which would have been tomorrow, um, that should have been the next round of application process. Apparently they heard from us all again and said that was too tight a window that a lot of people weren't prepared because they didn't think it was gonna re be reopened. And so they have extended it through Sunday, September 13th. So um, just a few things that uh, may have kept your organization from eligibility and, and, and why this is being reopened. Okay, so remember, this is for another $20 billion and you can only receive up to 2% of your total patient revenue. So if you are heavy Medicare, remember round one was based on a calculation against your 2019 Medicare fee-for-service dollars, not the Medicare Advantage plans, just what we call regular Medicare or the Medicare fee-for-service. And if you are heavy Medicare, it's likely that you most likely have received all you're going to get because you probably in that tranche receive 2% of your total billing revenue. But if you're light on Medicare fee-for-service, then it is possible that you did not receive 
2% of your total patient billing revenue. And then you would be eligible for whatever would be the difference between round one and what equals 2% of your total revenue. And uh, so the other reasons why you may not have been eligible would be that you simply missed the June 3rd deadline originally to attest. If you did not have an attestation that you could print and provide to HHS showing that you accepted, you couldn't apply for round two. Even though if you didn't attest, they assumed you received it, you still had to have that attestation in, in your hands. So that would be one reason. Medicaid and CHIP billers, uh, the uh, Children's Health Insurance Program, are only billers that bill uh, not Medicare. So dentists, for example, which really doesn't apply to the ambulance world, but that would be another group that was excluded that now can get in on second round. Um, change of ownership situations. So it may be that your ambulance service was, you know, XYZ Ambulance LLC in 2019, and then your first round of stimulus came to the old owners, which means they would have had to send it back because they weren't operating in 2020 because this, the money was meant to cover coronavirus. So if you took over that company this year and you're XYZ Inc. now, and you own that company but under different ownership, then you would be eligible to apply because you didn't receive round one or you had to turn it back. The original owners had to turn it back. So that would be another part. Originally, that was thought to be only part A, but it turns out it appears that it's both A and B. They clarified that. Uh, and then finally, if your organization received round one, but you made the decision to return the money, and that did happen for a very small amount of our clients, especially in the Midwest where COVID really was not raging back in March and April, May. And now all of a sudden, as we've read in the news, some of these states are experiencing a spike. So now maybe you need that money. So it was probably smart to return it if you didn't feel you could spend it on anything related. But now if you need it, even though you didn't, you return round one, you can now apply and get round two. So those would be some of the reasons why we would recommend that you take a look at this process. Um, just to give you a heads up on the application process, there is a link. We can provide that to you if you want to email us uh, COVID help at quickmedclaims.com. We'll be glad to send a link page that we prepped way back in, oh boy, April, uh, Gary, I think, yeah, in one of our first uh, webinars that we talked about. But um, so we can give you that link. And once you get on there, first of all, determine your eligibility. Just take the amount of money if you've received round one, figure out what 2% of your total patient revenue was, and that would be for your last reporting period. Get to that in a minute. Reporting period meaning whatever you reported on your tax return, or if you didn't do a tax return, it would be from your audited financial. And I'll talk about that in a second. So determine that you're even eligible. Don't waste the time if you've already gotten 2% of your patient revenue. It's just going to be extra work for you. You're going to have to go in and validate your tax ID number, your TIN, or your employer identification number, your EIN, same number, just different terms. Now, this will take 10 to 14 business days to get that validation back from the government. They'll check and make sure it's, uh, it's unique and it's uh, valid. Um, and as long as you get the application process started before September 13th, even though that may take past that date to get your validation back, it will not keep you from getting money. 
You got to do the application. Don't worry about the 10 to 14 day uh, process. Um, and then uh, there's also a video out there that will help you understand how to walk through it. So if you go on the site, uh, get that ready. Also, you should have your uh, tax returns for 2017, 2018, or 2019 there, depending on the last one that you filed. So when you get in there, you're going to report your total patient revenue so they know how to calculate that 2%. And they're going to ask you to upload those documents so you can prove that. And I'll just caution you, um, if you're uploading a large document, pull out the section with that uh, particular area on because you cannot upload a, a large document. It will kick the, kick the application back out. We had some clients report that to us. So here's the four things that you may have to provide. If you are a um, LLC or an individually owned ambulance organization, okay, you will report your gross receipts from box one of your IRS 1040, okay? So that would be for a for-profit uh, filing as an individual or a single member LLC. If you are a tax exempt entity, a nonprofit, and you file the IRS 994, which a large number of ambulance services do across the country, you're going to be pulling the figure you need to present from the program service revenue, which is from line nine of that 990. If you are a corporation and you file the 1124, you are going to pull your gross sales number from box 1A. Finally, if you are a municipal entry, uh, entity and you don't file tax reform uh, for, uh, tax forms at all, um, you should calculate your actual patient revenue based on your most recently filed audited financial. These are where people ran into the crash on the application because those audited financials are enormous. The PDF was too big. So we recommended just pull the section out that shows that uh, patient revenue and that will work. The other thing to keep in mind is if you are a municipal and you have more than one entity billing Medicare, we ran into some of um, our municipals that had like a community health center and then the ambulance as well. Those two calculations come together, including when the monies come in, it will be a joint a deposit into your account for both entities. So you may have to compute what is attributed to ambulance as opposed uh, to that health center. Now, uh, guys, we've had people ask us uh, a lot about what can I spend the money on? Really, for the last three to four months, uh, Gary and I especially have answered a lot of questions on our COVID helpline, um, just making sure that people weren't spending money on something they shouldn't. So um, the other thing that just recently came out is uh, the government has now announced that if you have received over $10,000, you must do a reporting, okay? So um, I'll get into that in a minute, but I just want to back up and talk to you a little bit about what you can use those funds for. So um, here's the actual language from the HHS. Payment will be used to prevent prepare for and respond to coronavirus and reimburse healthcare related expenses or lost revenue attributable to coronavirus. Payment will not be used for expenses or losses that have been or will re be reimbursed from other sources and the recipient consents to public disclosure of the payment. So boil that all down. 
got to use it for something pandemic related, okay? Um, you cannot use those funds for something that you have received other monies from. Well, so let's say you got a FEMA grant for PPE, then don't buy PPE. You got a state grant for decon material, then don't buy decon material. Um, so, and, and also if you receive the, um, uh, the payroll protection monies, then you can't use that to offset, say, overtime because you were low staffed because some of your people were infected. Um, so you have to be careful you don't double dip. And I hate to use that word, but that's really the best way to explain it. So keep good records. Folks, I can't begin to tell you enough. Keep a paper trail about what you spend it on and why you spend it on those things. But just to uh, give you a list of some of the things that uh, were mentioned but not limited to, of course, supplies, PPE especially. If you're going to stockpile, stockpile it. There's nothing wrong with that. It's You may need it, okay? Equipment. This could mean those fancy sprayer devices that everybody's spraying their trucks down with after calls. It could mean any number of equipment items that you can buy and keep uh, in place and utilize. It could be workforce training. If you have brought a consultant in or you have spent time training your people on how to properly don and doff PPE, how to decon the truck, you know, whatever the case may be, keep track of that. How many hours did you spend in training? Who did you bring in to do the training? Um, that is a coverable expense. Um, this one probably, yep, Ed, go ahead. Yeah, I just a quick question, Chuck. So if I, if I got FEMA money, let's say I got $2,500 in FEMA money and I went out and bought some PPE with that, but, but if I went out and I spent 10 grand on PPE to outfit my rigs, Am I eligible to get the other 7,500, use the other 7,500 from this fund? I'd be careful with that, but I think you could draw a paper trail to that. Yes, as long as it wasn't equal in kind. I would, though, probably recommend that you stay away from PPE purchase, period. But I think you could probably make a case for that. You just really have to explain that. You know, probably best practice would be just stay away from PPE purchase, period. So I think it's a loaded question. It's a great question. Um, I personally don't think I would. That's just my own feeling about it, what I've read. But I think if it were an over and above, and you could say, well, we had a second round and we had to buy more. We, we used that first money for this. This is second. I think you probably could lay claim to that, but be careful with that for sure. Thank you. No, no it's great. Um, and then other things. Um, I doubt that many ambulances are going to be directly involved, but if using for COVID-19 money for uh, test results, the federal, state, or governments, you may be involved in that. It's probably lesser on that. Building or constructing temporary structures for care or isolation of patients in one way or another, that may be something that an ambulance would get involved in. Uh, acquiring additional resources, including facilities, supplies, or staffing to expand or preserve care delivery. I think that's a pretty broad category that uh, EMS could fit into. And then developing and staffing emergency operations centers. There's one that maybe some of the larger organizations have gotten uh, involved in and, and you could lay claim for that. I actually had a client who asked me about a mezzanine system that is being marketed right now to properly store and um, keep PPE in a tight space station structure. And um, while I told them that I recommended that they get a legal opinion on that because it was a municipal group, 
to be safe. Um, my opinion of that was that I thought they could make a case for that because they didn't have proper storage facilities uh, involved in that. So, uh, you know, those are a couple of the things that, um, that are involved with this guys and uh, um, stay tuned. Let's, let's see what, what happens even more. Uh, now the reporting, um, we don't know what that looks like yet. Uh, they announced the reporting on July 20th. Originally it was only supposed to be reporting for like over 170 some thousand dollars. All of a sudden it became 10,000. <laughs> don't know why that, but now it's, it's a reporting uh, capability. They were supposed to, HHS and HRSA, which is, uh, um, you know, the Health Resources and Services Administration, was supposed to give us guidance on uh, uh, August 17th. They put out a small footnote just the other day that said, nope, we're not going to make that deadline. Um, we don't have that quite developed yet. So we're waiting to hear, but we do have an, until October 1st that we have to worry about that, quote unquote. Um, and then we will have through, um, uh, we'll have through February 15th in order to do that reporting. So here's how the reporting is going to fall very quickly. Um, if you have spent all your money that you received round one and round two, then you can do a final report by the end of the year and you will have till that February 15th deadline to do that. Okay. If you've not spent all the money, so let's say you're just now applying, you get round two and you don't, expend all that by the end of the year, then you'll have to do two reports. You'll have to do one by the February 15th deadline. You'll have till July 31st to do the second report. So you will do that in steps, okay? Um, if you don't receive any money and you're totally doing round two and you don't expend it by the end of the year, then you'll do one report again next year by that July 31st deadline. So those are the things that you should be anticipating. Uh, it is going to be an electronic process. So there'll be something you walk through. I uh, talked with um, Steve Worth from Page Wolfberg and Worth the other day, and just very quickly, and um, he says that he doesn't believe it's going to be anything complicated. They're, you know, the inside line is that they're going to try to make this as easy as possible. So out of breath, that's pretty much the rundown. Um, it's amazing how we get new information literally every day on this, but we did want to roll this out because, you know, if there's money out there for you guys to grab and get and use for this, um, make avail of it. Don't pass this up. It's a, it's, it's something that, that you can really use and hopefully will help you in the long run. Well, thank you, Chuck. Great yeah. information. Thanks, Chuck. That's fantastic. And, you know, just to, just to remind everybody out there, you know, Chuck and Gary have done a tremendous job of sort of cataloging all this information on a daily basis. And please stay in touch with us. Use the COVID helpline. Um, keep in touch with these guys because as COVID continues to move along, there's going to be twists and turns and new opportunities. And we sure don't want you guys to miss that. And we also don't want you to, as the rules change, like Chuck said, it went from you know 170 down to 10,000. We don't want you to get caught in a crossfire. So stay tuned because as this thing continues to drag on, um, I think there's going to be a lot more rule changes. I agree. Uh, thank you very much, Chuck. And uh, again, questions are always welcome. We're glad to help you. Uh, I'm actually going to kind of go off script here for a minute because my, my colleague Ed Morasco mentioned something before we got underway today. And hey, Ed, would you just kind of give us a couple highlights from your uh, 
uh, panel discussion at the federal level. If, if you can, if there's anything to share, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but I thought it was uh, worth mentioning. Yeah, thanks, G. Thanks very much. Yeah, so uh, while I am here at the beach on vacation, yesterday was all day Wednesday. Every three weeks, the, uh, the U.S. Department of Transportation Air Ambulance Patient Advisory Billing Committee subcommittees meet um, on Wednesdays, and my particular subcommittee on disclosure met yesterday. And so some interesting things. Um, there's going to be some recommendations coming out when, when the final uh, recommendations come out, probably, I don't know, sometime later this fall, depending on, uh, I think Chuck mentioned that the federal government is behind on a lot of these things just because of how difficult it is to get things accomplished. But um, there's, there's going to be some, uh, some definite changes to requirements for disclosures, disclosures on the part of the insurance companies in terms of how they pay uh, and how they cover ambulance, both air and ground. I think there's going to be requirements on the supplier side. Uh, but an interesting twist yesterday in the meeting was there was a lot of conversation, and you may recall the GAO report in this area talked a lot about membership programs. So we had a very detailed discussion about membership. And one of the things about membership programs, and this applies to our ground brethren as well, and probably more so on the ground side than on the air side, you know, some like Western Pennsylvania and some other parts of the country, they live, you know, our agencies live on their membership programs. But uh, there was a long conversation about reciprocity, uh, meaning from agency to agency. You know, there's some states, and I wasn't aware of this, that don't permit reciprocity of membership programs. And then the other thing is there apparently have been a lot of complaints to the insurance commissioners about deceptive practices. So, you know, Aunt Minnie and Uncle Tom go out and they buy a membership and they think they're covered. And um, they find out that it, the membership program is not going to provide them with that benefit under certain circumstances. And so um, there's going to be some requirements that are going to impact a lot of our agencies out there about disclosure in their membership brochures and things of that nature. So we'll stay tuned. I think maybe, uh, gee, next, uh, next session, I think I'm up and we'll give a more detailed report. But uh, a lot of interesting twists coming out of that. And thanks so much for asking. Yeah, thank you, Ed. That's really uh helpful information. There's a lot happening there and, and goodness knows it's something we all should be paying attention to. So uh, thanks both of you for updating us, us on those uh, key topics that are affecting our industry. Hey, so let's, uh, let's digress. Let's have a, a little bit of fun here as we move forward. So um, did either of you have any great uh, positive stories along the way? Chuck, Ed, I have one if you guys don't. Well, go ahead, G. You're okay, up. so this one involves our great friends up in the north at Life Man Alaska. And believe it or not, this story actually made national news. It was on Good Morning America. That's awesome. Uh, I believe it was last week. So uh, Life Man Alaska was transporting a mom who unexpectedly welcomed a baby boy on an airplane. Hey. And she gave oh. him a very unique name based on the location where the baby was born, which was... 18,000 feet above the Earth's surface. Well, of course, as the story goes, they were transporting the mom uh, from some remote area to a uh, hospital via fixed wing, and uh, her water broke along the way, and goodness gracious, uh, here comes baby. So the baby was, was born all well and healthy, although it did spend a few days in the NICU, but she happened to name the baby, get a load of this one, Kid will have this all his life. Sky Aaron. I guess it's Aaron, but it's Sky being the first name, S K Y, and Aaron, A I R 
O-N. That's awesome. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, mom and baby are doing well. And, uh, you know, good kudos to our great friends at LifeBed Alaska yeah. who are there to, to help her along. So congratulations yeah, to wonderful. mom and baby and, of course, uh, the good people that were transporting her along. That's fantastic. Yeah, good I think, story. I think that should warrant a, a LifeMed Alaska ball cap for that that little one, huh? I Something. think so. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, but good story. And even GMA picked it up. So I thought that was That's great. Awesome. Well, good. So uh, let's, uh, let's move on here, if it's okay. Unless any of you had another story to tell. No? Okay, let's move on to the fun part of the day. And trust me when I tell you, trust me, gentlemen and ladies, that I have found this word two weeks ago, and I've had it sitting, literally sitting here on my desk. I cut it out, did the little clip off the computer screen, and I cut it out. And lucky me gets to give this to Ed. Oh, no. Now I'm going to have to spell it because it sounds like a common word when you say it, when you pronunciate it, but it is really spelled very peculiar. You enjoy this way too much. Oh, I live for this stuff. You know, I think I told our listeners before, I now subscribe to like Miriam Webster's word of the day. And let me tell you, they get there's some really offbeat words in the English language. He's a word nerd. Yeah, it's really great. So anyway, Ed, are you ready? Do you have your seatbelt buckled? I'm, and I've already had a uh, Starbucks double caramel cold ice <laughs> macchiato to get ready. Uh, <laughs> sounds sounds like a real low calorie drink too. Ed. So something uh, very good. But all right. So the the way it is here, folks, is I'm going to give Ed, my colleague, a word. He has to use that word in a sentence that has an EMS flavor to it. <clears throat> oh, and, and then. We, I will decide if he's right, wrong, or close. Typically, well, we've had a few occasions where they've been close. All credit, <laughs> credit due here. But most of the time, they miss it. They miss it by a long shot. So, are you ready yet? I am ready. All right, today's word. Do you have your pencil ready? You're writing this down, aren't you? Yeah, because oh. I'll forget how to spell it 30 <laughs> seconds after you tell me. It's, it's a five-letter <laughs> word, Ed. You <laughs> All right. It, the word is zoos, and that is spelled Z-H-U-Z-H. Z-H-U-Z-H. Hmm. Okay. I see flames zoos. starting to rock already. He's it was zoos. <laughs> I thought you were saying it first. Good Lord. Mm -mm. Yes. I, I think I've got it. Just this morning, I've participated in back-to-back -back zoos calls. Oh, I'm sorry. No, that's, not it. <laughs> that's not Nice sorry, try. No, I digress. No cigar. <laughs> no cigar. Well, let me, let me uh, since this is like Swahili or something, I have no clue. Um, Swahili. This morning, <laughs> there's not even, like, I can't even find a European connection here to, yeah. you know, work this out, you know. Um, so let me just say this. This morning, the EMS crew was zoozing in the truck while they were on post. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> I don't think. That was terribly poor. That, that was. I'm no? not even going to give you another try. Like that. That's just. That, that's oh, a DQ, come that's, on. That's a DQ right away there. No. <laughs> so anyway. Um, I'll use it in an EMS sentence, but it means uh, to make something more lively, 
interesting and applicable. So the leather seats in the ambulance really zoos up the vehicle interior. <laughs> That's got to be from one of those, like, you know. It's legit, Ed. Don't, don't question me. So. I get word of the day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at you. If you subscribed as long as I did, then you'd have room to talk. <laughs> you have absolutely no. Uh, oh my God. I was going to say EM2 Zeus's EMS education. There you go. Oh, I like that. Yeah, that's nice. After I give it to you, yeah, then you come up with it. Sure. Well, another one is I have never zoozed while on post. I just want you to make no. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, All right. Well, listen, since we have a guest today, it's typically go was going to be Ed gives another word to Chuck. But Chuck, if you don't mind giving ben, up your uh, spot, I'm sure you're going to be te he's, he's tearing up, Ed. He's tearing up. <laughs> You'll get Libby, over it, Chuck. Libby, I'll call Libby. you later and give you your own word. Jeez. Is this be considered hazing for Libby? <laughs> yeah, this is hazing. <laughs> I'm part of the compliance team. I would like to call this out to HR first. Here we go, Ed. Back to that compliance thing again. Here yep, we go. He's playing the compliance card as always. That card. Yep. What did we create here? Anyway. Okay, Lib, get ready. You know the rules. Go ahead. All right, Ed. Libby. Now, I'm just gonna, I'm going to give you, because you're a newcomer, I'm going to give you a little bit of hint. So I have been at the ocean this week, and so I've got a bit of a marine biology kind of thought process going on as I've been experiencing all the wildlife here on the island, right? So, so your word is baleen, B-A-L-E-E-N, baleen. Fuck. <laughs> Believe me, but I know that's not it. <laughs> uh, oh boy, I can say what I'm boss. I now believe, but Chuck, say, can, <laughs> Chuck, can you stay yeah. out of it? <laughs> Chuck, believe. He's always yeah. got to jump in. <laughs> Give the girl a chance. Do 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 do. In the basement? I don't know. Oh my goodness! Thanks for coming today, Lib. Well, Libby, I got to tell this isn't fair. I really shouldn't, but a baleen is a horny material from the upper jaws of certain whales. How can you apply that to an EMS sentence? He said I palpated the baleen-like humerus of the patient complaining of pain. It wasn't meant for Libby. It was supposed to stump Chuck. Now I feel bad. You should feel bad. This was terrible. It was a terrible word. I didn't spend any time researching. Okay, how about this? And how about ichthyology? How about that? What is it? Ichthyology. Spell it. Oh, my goodness. I-C-H-T-H-Y-O-L-O-G-Y. That's a branch of zoology that studies fish. I'm telling you, I'm all marine biology up this week. Oh, anyway. Oh, goodness. We got to move on. We do have to move on. I, I have no clue why this is. these shows are most our most downloaded podcast. It, just, <laughs> it is completely beyond me. Completely beyond. All I know is I want seafood tonight. For I had salmon <laughs> last night. I want it again now. There you go. Oh my goodness! And what do you do with that, Chuck? Do you like puree it with blueberries so it's healthy, or what? what do you <laughs> oh, do? I put it on. Put some cheese. kelp in there. So. I put it on cottage cheese. Oh, that's yeah, it. There you go. 
That's that's. <laughs> oh gosh. Oh my gosh. Well, uh, since we are in this the this low spot of our show here, um, I thought we'd we'd conclude by maybe a couple stories of uh, news and EMS offbeat stories. Chuck, you got one. I got one. Yes. Oh, okay, let's go. So, it's all yours, Chuck. So here's the story. So this uh, gentleman writes back when I was a new EMT in my senior year in college, we were called to the scene of an allergic reaction from a bee sting. Arriving on scene and found a larger old woman sitting around with her family. Her lower lip was absolutely enormous. I was worried about other airway swelling, and so I asked if she was having difficulty breathing as I was getting the EpiPen ready. This is how the conversation went. Me, ma'am, are you having any trouble breathing? Patient, no. Me, does it feel like your throat is getting tighter? Patient, no. Me, so how long did the bee bite you? How long ago did the bee bite you? Patient, about five minutes before y'all got here. Me, five minutes? And your lip got that big? Patient, boy, it bit me on my arm. There ain't nothing wrong with my lip. <laughs> Needless to say, I was quite embarrassed, and it took some time for me to get my foot out of my mouth. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Can't you see that happening though? I would have oh. the same thing. Yeah. Oh my goodness gracious! <laughs> oh jeez! Oh, How do you wiggle good. off the hook on that one? Uh, <laughs> yep. no. Oh my! So I got one. I got one, guys. So anyway, this one comes from Northern Idaho. Now Chuck, Chuck knows this. I'm not sure the the rest of you know this, but I am not, not underline bold print a Justin Bieber fan. Okay. And I believe via this story, I have another person who feels the same way I do. So let me explain. So this occurred in an apartment building in the early morning hours, uh, again, in Northern Idaho. And a young lady is walking from the apartment building to the bus stop at sunrise. And as she is walking, she is suddenly startled by a person who's doing what? Standing inside a dumpster adjacent to the apartment building. Apparently, this was a bit of a frosty, frosty morning up in northern Idaho, and upon her seeing this figure, figure, excuse me, she lost her footing and slipped, falling adjacent to the dumpster. Her fall caused her to suffer a leg injury of some sort, so still feeling frightened, she dragged herself to a neighbor's yard and began to cry for help. Thankfully, an elderly gentleman who was out to get his morning paper heard her cry and called 911 on her behalf. While waiting for the ambulance, the woman related there is someone standing inside that dumpster across the street that caused, caused this to happen and scared her to death. So when EMS arrived, they tended to her and were taking care of her leg and one of the crew walked across the street only to find what? One of those fat head cutouts of Justin Bieber in the dumpster. So Justin strikes again. I'm sure I now have an, uh, my army is forming of those who are not followers of Justin Bieber. The Bieber believers are let loose. Yes, for sure. So that's, uh, that's my story from the offbeat. And uh, along those lines, I just wanted to say um, one of our clients up in northern Pennsylvania, Bethlehem Township Volunteer Fire Company, had a really, really unique circumstance they helped out with the other day. Um, Apparently there was a goat loose in traffic and oh, uh, the police were unable to tackle. So the ambulance guys came and 
uh, went two out of three falls with the goat and, and wrangled it somehow and were able to capture it, put it in the back of the police car where it ate the seatbelt in the police car, but they did get it back to its rightful owner. Oh, <laughs> oh my. So God bless those good, good people at Bethlehem Township Fire Department. Uh, on a serious note, gang, before we, uh, before we sign off, I think Ed might have lost. I think you froze. There he yeah, is. no. Just on, on a serious note, before we sign off, I, I know we're getting near the end here. We're probably a little bit over time, but just wanted to give a shout out to our to our brethren out there in the Gulf Coast. Um, you know, right now as we record this, Hurricane Laura has come ashore, um, covering Southwest Louisiana and Southeast Texas, and and there's a lot of effort all over those two states, and even from out of those two states, to mobilize to get. Uh, assets in place uh and so i know i know our colleagues down at acadian ambulance have moved mobilized about 700 pieces of equipment our good friends at metro aviation have uh, moved some aircraft out of harm's way but also have the aircraft position to come in behind the storm uh with all of their medical partners to do what they need to do and and it wouldn't be uh you know uh, wouldn't be appropriate to not give a shout out to our good friend joe schmieder down there in the department of vms in texas who was long time director here in Pennsylvania. So we're thinking about you guys and uh, hang in there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Really tough time. And my goodness, the, the havoc that these things wreak and just recovering from it. It's one thing going through it, but then trying to recover from it is probably equally, if not even harder. So yeah, God bless those folks. And we're sure we think of it. So thanks Ed, for, for stating that. Well, folks, we have come to the end of another episode of Excuse My Medic. Libby, we extend to you our apologies. Um, <laughs> <but> <laughs> we're glad you, you stopped by and hung in, hung in there with us while we went through today's uh, program. Uh, Ed and Chuck, thank you for your uh, information you you've conveyed. It's always helpful and uh, appreciated. And to all of our listeners, thank you for taking time from your day to listen to our podcast. Uh, we do these every other month and we enjoy doing them. And, uh, Apparently, by the downloads, you find some reason to continue to listen to them as well, too. And we really appreciate that. So uh, thanks again to everyone. I, I wish you all well and keep the faith. Let's get through this pandemic. I kind of look at it now as we're one day closer to this being over. We have to try to look at this from a glass half full standpoint. So I sure hope that this does end soon. So with that, I'll thank you all again and just say, hey. Be, Be safe, safe out, out there. there. Have a great day, everybody. Take care, everyone. Bye, guys. Bye-bye.